resident lighting specialist to our Welcome to Residential Tech Talks. I'm Jeremy Glowacki, Executive Editor of Residential Tech Today. On this week's podcast, Jason Knott joins us from Sturbridge, Massachusetts, to discuss the surprising news last week that he will be leaving his longtime post as Editor-in-Chief at CE Pro Magazine to join DTools, the provider of business management software for electronic systems integrators. In the newly created role of data solutions architect and evangelist, our guest today will work with a special team at DTools to define and deliver industry analytics and insights. Jason has been one of the hardest working people in the custom integration business during his long and well-respected editorial career. He's been a competitor of mine, but also a friend since we both got started in the residential tech industry back in 2000. I'm pleased to finally have the opportunity to have him on the podcast. Jason Knott, thanks for joining us today to talk about your career, your new role, and your industry observations. Thanks for having me, Jeremy. I'm really excited to be here. You know, you, um, you've been a very worthy and good industry colleague and competitor. Um, I didn't even have to research your career that much for this, this interview. It's kind of rare that I didn't have to like look into your past because I know it. We talk about it all the time and I've, I've seen you kind of go through the industry. I know where you came from. You, uh, you've been in the low voltage electronics industry for the past 33 years, first as editor in chief at security sales and integration where I believe my wife, Karen, actually pitched you on stories from a PR agency representing Sony Security back then. Um, you held the same role, obviously, at CE Pro since 2000, which is the same year that I also was hired by my former employer to uh, start at Residential Systems Magazine. We've talked a lot recently about our respective roads in the past, up looking ahead. And I know that there's a desire, you know, at a certain point in your career for a change, right? Um, but finding that next role outside of editorial is not easy. So can you share with us the process of basically creating this role for yourself at DTools? Yeah, and thanks again for having me. And, you know, Jeremy and I have been known each other for so long that um, I was about 50 pounds lighter <laughs> back when we first met. And Jeremy had a full head of hair. So I don't know which one of us caused the other to have that that issue, but it happened. So, <laughs> right. Um, but uh yeah, no, it was uh, um, just really an interesting story, you know, and, you know, one of the things that happens, has happened as the industry is mature, the custom electronics industry, is that there has been this gap of uh, data and research. And, um, you know, there's outside consultants, there's manufacturers, there's integrators, there's distributors, there's reps, there's investors who want to know what's going on in the professional installation space. And a lot of the attention goes to um, the consumer electronics level, do it yourself products, which rightfully so there are much higher volume side of the business for sure, but very little um, data is, was collected for CE pro. You know, we try to collect that data. We do our own research pieces um, on a semi-consistent basis, you know, maybe half time, five or six times a year, we'll dive into a particular category and and we're just surveying our readers, you know, telling us, hey, how many of these units did you sell? You know, what was the price points? And so, and it's all done not from real sales information, but from 
just asking them to recall what they've done or what they're doing or what they think they're going to do. So the interesting thing that's happening with DTools is DTools came out with DTools Cloud about three years ago, which is their cloud-based um, software that helps integrators run their businesses. So we're talking about all the way from the proposal stage through the, uh, the management uh, stage of the installation, through the inventory management, through project management, um, all those elements that are they're gathering and the ordering of the products. So they now have, um, you know, a thousand users of this software, which is incredible. Um, and they're collecting real data for the industry. So this is the first time that somebody's really collecting real sales information. And the, the beauty of it also is that, remember, a lot of these professional installation systems are ordered or proposals are done well in advance. So months in advance of when the actual installation starts. So it actually gives the market a glimpse and a forecast of what's coming down the pike. So if I'm a manufacturer or I'm a distributor, then I can see, oh my gosh, there is um, a spike in this particular, whatever, 100 watt amplifiers. I'm making that up, but something, some sort of specific product. And if I'm a maker of 100 watt per channel amplifiers, then I know, guess what? Hey, there's, there, I'm seeing a lot of proposals go forth with that. I can adjust my factory orders or my inventory to accommodate for that. So that's what really excited me the most when I was hearing what DTools was doing. And we had a conversation about how we could share some of that information mm -hmm. in CE Pro. And um, literally, I thought about it as soon as I hung up the conversation. I thought about it overnight and said, I could do that. You know, I could write all those reports. I could help them disseminate this information, uh, super valuable information to the entire industry, not just the manufacturers, but integrators too, because mm -hmm. it's going to talk about project size. It's going to talk about margin. It's going to talk about labor costs. All that stuff is being built into the software. So DTools has been putting this together, you know, as a work in progress, and they're just getting to the point where this is going to actually um, happen and they're going to be able to produce this information um, for the industry. And I, you know, I think Randy Stearns, the CEO of Details, put it uh, correctly when he said, Jason raised his hand, which is exactly what I did and said, boy, I think I could, I could do this for you. And literally within minutes, um, it was, we had, you know, virtually consummated a, a deal where I was going to move over to, to Details. So, mm -hmm. Um, I'm super excited about it. You know, as you said, I've been doing this for, for 33 years. I feel like I'm entrenched in the industry and I know what integrators want um, from an informational standpoint. And I'm, it's exciting for me to be able to kind of disseminate this real data information and, and, and let them uh, be able to guide their businesses and, and run their businesses better, which that's what's so funny. The the mission statement of CE Pro is to help integrators run their businesses better. That's the stated mission of the, the publication and the website. And it's almost locks, stock and barrel in line with Detools mission, mm. which as a software to help integrators be uh, more efficient, it does the exact same thing. So I'm super excited about it. And um, I'm actually with CE Pro all the way till June 9th. Mm. So I gave you know, two months of notice um, just to kind of help 
transition the publication. Um, but then I'll I'll be start. I'm actually could count on less than one hand how many days off I've taken in the last two years. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure. Unfortunately, yeah. So um, I'm going to actually um, have a, a couple of weeks off and, and get started with them right after the July Fourth holiday. That's awesome. Well. I, I too observed what you're talking about with that desire for for industry data. And I mean, often I was even more shorthanded than you were. You you did a lot with a little bit of staff, but I had like no staff a lot of times. And so people would ask me, would you do something like this? Could you get like an early indicator kind of a tool together for us? And like, yeah, it sounds great, but I, I don't know where I'd find the time to do that or what the resources would be. It's just so much, um, you know, legwork. And and I would turn folks to to your research. I'd turn them to Parks um, Research, obviously, um, CE, CTA and um, that sort of stuff. But it was never really that definitive. So this is great. Um, did you have to learn any new, uh, are you going to have to learn any new, like, um, sort of ability to work with the tools like the software and things like that to find the data or uh, is the team kind of in place to help you do that and then you just do the analysis and the presentation to the industry how's that going to work for you yeah no doubt i'm going to have to learn a lot of that because i'm going to want to have to slice and dice based upon whatever the, the particular particular need of whatever i need to um pull out of there um or whatever the request may or may not be so yeah no i'm gonna have to learn that and you know that's going to be a interesting thing but maybe this old dog can <laughs> learn a new trick uh, for sure on software i mean think about this you and i were you know old school print guys that had to learn the internet and video and all those sorts of things so i'm excited by the challenge there yeah and and tell me about this industry um in the press release i i was trying to rewrite and i didn't do such a great job with my introduction today my words kind of got jumbled but I was trying not to say the word insights over and over again, because that was part of what the title of the group, the team was, and then that's what you're providing. And so, um, you know, it's obviously it's data, it's, uh, um, you know, research. Um, what is the data or what's the D-Tools Industry Information Insights team? What, was that uh, formed as part of the initiative that you learned about that you felt like you could help with or what, what, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, they already have had that that I3 team in place already. <clears throat> and um, that is already an existing relationship they have with many, many manufacturers and distributors where the manufacturers uh, who join that I3 program um, then have their information uh, as well as like pricing information, specifications, all that sort of stuff uploaded into the detail software. So they already have that relationship on the with the a relationship with many, many, many manufacturers in terms of being able to have their data up on the site for the integrators to be able to build their proposals and order the product and, and all that sort of stuff, estimate their labor, et cetera. But this is going to go well beyond that. Gotcha. And obviously working for someone as smart as Randy Stern, CEO of D-Tools, who is an MBA. He was one of our more respected leaders of an integration company before he went to work for D-Tools. Tim Bagonis, great guy, chief marketing officer, VP of sales there. Um, it, you know, I could see where it'd be really appealing to work with that leadership as well. I, I'm sure you're excited about getting to work with them directly. You know what? No doubt. That was one of the things that made this 
even more of a comfortable situation for me is because I've known those guys for such a long time and you hit the nail on the head. <clears throat> They're just genuine, really nice guys. And, you know, we see each other at the buying group meetings. We see each other at the trade shows. We see each other at the tech summits and all, all those sorts of events where we we've gathered over the years. So it made this, you know, there's no, there was no anxiety from my standpoint of what I'm walking into from a personal, personal standpoint, because they're stand-up guys and, 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 um, uh, I'm really excited to be working with them. Well, and you know, you're, you're leaving this long respected role. Um, the, the response, I know you mentioned, uh, off air that you've had so many phone calls and, and I know I've seen all the comments when I posted about your uh, your your change. I've seen all the comments come out. I've seen comments from your own posts. So many people just really um, giving you accolades for everything you've done and and how much they they love you in the industry. So um, I must feel really good just to have <laughs> like a victory lap before you go on to your next thing. You know what makes me even feel better, Jeremy, is when you look at them. There wasn't, at least I didn't see any where somebody said, what are you doing? Oh, yeah. You know, everybody was, wow, what a perfect fit. Yeah. You know, and so that makes me feel even more comfortable that everybody sees the synergy of what I've been doing for the last, you know, 33 years and what Tools is now going to be doing. So that's what made me even feel better was there wasn't any doubters in there saying, gee, this is kind of crazy or this is kind of different or what the hell are you doing? So um, the only funny comment that I got was actually from my mom. Oh, I heard that. I saw this. (laughs) (laughs) So my new title, which is, I know, a bit long-winded, but, you know, it's uh, uh, Data Solutions Architects and Evangelists. And there was kind of, I talked to her on the phone. It was kind of this pregnant pause. And she goes, my son, the minister. (laughs) (laughs) So I got to Please tell me that was a, a joke, right? She's not losing it. No. Oh, no, she, she really did. She literally said, Oh, my God. It. My son, the minister. <laughs> <laughs> She's so proud. <laughs> yeah. You finally did it. Well, um, we will continue our conversation with Jason Knott after the break. Today's episode of Residential Tech Talks is brought to you by NICE, the global manufacturer of smart home security and building automation solutions. NICE is bringing together 30 years of innovation with award-winning products from Elan, Speakercraft, and Panamax to create a holistic ecosystem for builders, integrators, and consumers. Learn more about how you can create one home with one solution at go.niceforyou.com backslash RTT. Welcome back. We're talking with Jason Knott, editor-in-chief of CE Pro Magazine, but soon to be uh, a minister with details. So we'll <laughs> let that one sink in. Um, so I, I, I want to mention before we move on that, uh, as they say in sports, um, in a corresponding move, Emerald, the company that owns CE Pro, has promoted longtime staff member and all-around good guy Arlen Schweiger to editor-in-chief of CE Pro. So congrats to Arlen, really good guy, another <clears throat> industry friend, somebody I love to see around at events. So uh, happy to see him promoted. He's earned it. He's been uh, with the magazine for a long time. So I'm sure you're pleased with with that, uh, being able to hand off to Arlen. Yeah, and you know what makes me even more invigorating is w- when he and I were having the conversations about this transition, he already had ideas, mm. new ideas, you know, that he wants to implement that, you know, for some reason or another, I never wanted to or never 
you know, had the, the energy to do. Yeah. So he's going to bring a whole new level of energy. That's super exciting. He's been with me for 17 years. Um, and I always like to say, Arlen is so smart. He was on Jeopardy. Oh yeah. So, I forgot about that. So he is like, you know, you know, way smarter than me times 10, <laughs> um, which is awesome. So, um, don't ask him how he did on Jeopardy. Oh, okay. But he, he was on Jeopardy. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, getting there is most of the battle. So I, exactly. I respect it totally. Um, but yeah, that's, that's great. And I mean, I, to, to, to be, uh, you know, personal, I, I'll definitely miss seeing you at events. I know we'll, we'll cross paths with other stuff, but, uh, but Arlen, you know, is one of those people that I've just really enjoyed being around as well. Um, so, so I think the industry will already know him very well, obviously, and they'll take to him in, in that expanded role. And hey, heck, you you were telling me you were basically uh, doing so much other stuff for CE Pro that um, the day to day on the magazine was probably mostly Arlen, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. We have you know not just the print publication, you know, which yes, people main. You know, no, we still have a very vibrant print, you know, monthly CE Pro print. We've been doing these research items, as I mentioned, you know, not just these these deep dive pieces, but also we do um, a state of the industry report. We do a quest for quality survey. We do the CE Pro 100, the CE Pro 100 brand analysis, all of this kind of data crunching that I've been doing. Mm -hmm. So I'm, that's why I also make this, this is kind of a seamless transition because I have been doing a lot of data analysis mm -hmm we're just our own data. Um, plus we have a really strong custom content uh, division and the website, you know, and, and as you know, the website is, uh, you know, it's a daily deadline, yeah. you know, it's, it's daily, you know, we have a goals to do six to eight pieces of content every single day between the, the entire team. Um, and, um, you know, sometimes those are, are difficult to set that time aside. And, and, you know, Jeremy and I are longtime friends and we would talk about, you know, when will you get your work done at night, Yeah, you know, on the weekends. So um, uh, I might I might be trading in 60 hour work weeks for 70 hour work weeks. I don't know, <laughs> but we really don't. Um, but I'm I'm it'll be different and it'll be a new challenge for sure. Well, before we talk more current stuff i wanted to just kind of jump back for a minute and ask you for those who don't know how does an editor get into this business how does how do you get into being an editor um you know i i went to college and studied journalism i thought i was going to go into tv or film but i ended up in print and then fell into the av space but uh i know you started on security publishing first but how did you get into publishing in the first place so actually, I was on on uh, two magazines before I was on security sales in 1990. So back in 1980, I just same as you went to journalism school um, and always loved writing. Um, and uh, the first magazine that I was on was called School Bus Fleet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I was in in Los Angeles. So I, I always get a kick out of telling the story. As I remember going to um, a Halloween party, and it was. It was my sister worked in the record industry. So there was all these, you know, very attractive people there. And then there was me. You know? <laughs> and, um, and so I'm, we're, I'm mingling around the party. And, and I can remember um, walking up to this, this group and having a great conversation. And I can remember a lot of people in L.A. are everybody's writing a script, oh, yeah. you know, or everybody, all the waiters and waitresses are, you know, actors waiting for their their first you know break and those sorts of things. 
So I can remember vividly talking to a group of people and they're like, oh, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm a writer. And there was this instant, oh my gosh, you know, what screenplay, mm-hmm. you know, tell us about this, this. What are you doing? I'm like, oh no, I work on school bus fleet magazine. <laughs> yeah. And, and there was kind of this blank stare and then they all just walked yeah. away. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny. I could say, I can say this. Um, there was, I think it was at the time, 12 or 15,000 school bus operators in the United States, both either districts or independently owned, you know, contractors. And, their 100% mission is for the safety of children mm. on school buses, you know, and I loved it. It's all what you make of it. You yeah. know, it's all, you know, we make our own stress, but we also make our own um, enjoyment. And I really liked it. It was a really fun industry to write for. And, and then I transitioned to security in 1990. And let me, let me also point out, you know, one of the reasons I think you and I both love this industry so much is because it's entrepreneurial. You know, these are small businesses, uh, for the most part, very small businesses who, when they read what, what we write about, they're looking at it and, and it's influencing um, them to try out a new product or try a new operation or, or try a new um, um, installation technique or whatever it might be, a new combination of products, a new conversation with customers. And when I get that face-to-face feedback from somebody who's read something that I wrote and then they implemented it and it worked. It, I feel like a million bucks. Right. You know, it's so rewarding. Yeah. The, the, I agree with you. The industry um, is very accessible, whether it's the manufacturers or the integrators, um, everybody in between everyone. It's, it's very down to earth. Uh, very, uh, like I said, accessible. You're not dealing with big corporations necessarily. I mean, there are some big manufacturers in there there's a, Sony's and the Samsung's of the world, but there are still people at the ground level that you can relate to and know. Um, but the integrators themselves, for sure. And I would sometimes get overwhelmed thinking, who am I to tell these guys what they should be doing in their business? You know, and uh, they, they know better than I do. They're doing it day to day. And then I would be surprised by being at an event and they'd ask me my opinion on something or a product or a trend. And, and it would be a little like surprising and... <laughs> Um, I would go, wait a second. Uh, I have to think this through it, you know, here's what I'm hearing. Um, you know, try not to be too definitive up about it, but that that's kind of our job, right? Um, yeah. And, and we're story, I would say storytellers, we're not making them up, but we're just putting in print and on, uh, you know, online, the feedback that we're hearing from other people, we're a conduit yeah. for that information is really what we are. We're not, saying you should do this or you should do that. We're telling, um, you know, case studies and stories of actual things that are happening to enlighten an integrator to say, oh my gosh, let me try that. That's interesting. You know, I I read that article that Jeremy wrote. Let me try. That sounds interesting. I'm going to give that a shot. That's we're just repeating back that information we're hearing from the market itself. Exactly. You know, I I was thinking, I I don't want to put you on the spot with this, but, um, when you think about your impact like that, you know, as you're describing, um, do you, do you feel like what there was something that you've really made a difference with? Um, I, I think of something that's kind of funny that you, you told me, and I don't remember if someone told you this or you thought of it about your, your, t- your tombstone and what would read, what words would read on it. Do you remember that story? 
I do. Yeah. And it's funny when I, when I was anticipating that exact answer. <laughs> okay. So coming, coming from the security side and, and the security business is a recurring revenue business. <laughs> so it's just like when your kids go to the orthodontic orthodontist and every kid in that room is paying 99 bucks a month to the orthodontist for two and a half years while they get their teeth straightened. The orthodontics business is a recurring revenue um, business model. Um, the security business is a recurring revenue business model. So I, again, I was the editor um, of CE Pro starting in 1990 and people don't remember the Telecom Act of 1996 that freed the, uh, broke up the, the, the um, bell companies, the regional bell companies and, and freed them to move into the security space. Mm -hmm. So everybody was clamoring in 1996 to, oh my gosh, every security integrator is going to go out of business because the, it's all, you're going to buy your security stuff from Ameritech or 9X or Pacific Bell or um, one of those regional bell companies. So there was this big migration of integrators from the security space into home entertainment. And that's how I kind of followed that path in 2000. Mm. But I was surprised when I came over um, to CE Pro in 2000, how little recurring revenue integrators were doing in their businesses. Mm -hmm. So they didn't have service agreements in place. They, they were, in most cases, not even doing the security themselves. They were partnering with a security company and letting them do that. Um, and I think we're, it makes me feel great that I see an increased uh, focus in the custom electronics space on service and recurring revenue as part of their business models. Because that's one, it's better for the customer because you're in touch with them on a consistent basis. You're constantly upgrading their system. So you're, it's better for you because you're getting upgrades all along. It's not a one and done. And I hope this customer never calls me scenario anymore. And then Last but not least, it's a value generator for your business if you ever want to have an exit strategy. Right. So um, so that has been the most rewarding thing. And the story about the, the, the tombstone is that we pushed, we, we, I, I made a decision right away. I'm going to start writing about RMR, recurring monthly revenue, on a very consistent basis and the value of it in CE Pro. And one guy told me years ago, he's like, you know, when you die, your tombstone isn't going to say RIP. It's going to say RMR. <laughs> That's it. So, okay. Yeah. I knew it was. So that was that. perfect. It was a long winded answer to your question. No, no, it's exactly what I was going for. I feel like that is one of your, uh, your legacy points as editor. And, um, I would say that, uh, I, I was somewhat baffled for a long time for the focus on security. I know why it was there, but I, um, I, well, there was more to it than that. Obviously, Ken Moyes and, and Julie Jacobson both came from security as well, right? They That was a big focus for them. And so you had a lot of that in, in, in your coverage, whereas I was kind of coming up from more the entertainment, the audio side with our publishing company. And so security was kind of an afterthought. And I kept hearing, oh, no, I outsourced that as an integrator. So why would we focus on that? But it made sense that that's an, an important and probably a foundational part of a home electronics setup is securing your home. Um, it was just in flux there with who was going to do it and when and all that stuff. So, uh, And it's a two-way street. I think the security industry is learning from the custom electronics space that they shouldn't be giving away systems for nothing in, in exchange for a five-year monitoring contract. 
they can charge an upfront fee um, or more substantial than they have been. Um, and so we've seen, you know, back in the early 90s, security systems were free. Hmm. They were giving them away in exchange for the monitoring contracts. And you don't see that anymore. Hmm. Um, you know, even the biggest companies, there, there is a there's a fee associated with uh, the gear and a minimal labor fee. You know, they're they're still subsidizing their their systems <clears throat> to a certain extent, but not like they were. Mm-hmm. So both sides have learned, both markets have learned, and and of course the big crossover point there is video surveillance. Right. You know, there, there's still not many states have requirements for licensing to install video surveillance systems, but they do for intrusion and certainly for fire alarm systems. So a lot of integrators have made um, security cameras a staple part of their business. And again, 20 years ago, nobody wanted cameras in their house or around their house. Now, you know, everybody's got cameras. They got video doorbells and they got cameras and everywhere. So that, that level of privacy is kind of like um, come down mm-hmm. and people cameras are the big crossover point now. Right. And, you know, similarly with the service plan, um, I was just on the Resi week podcast, which I know you've been in the past. And, um, we talked about the so- uh, savant software as a service program. And I was just wondering what you thought of that from your years of observing, uh, recurring, um, RMR and all that. So, and, and whether you, you thought the, the idea of software as a service from a control standpoint in the home um, kind of fit in interestingly to what you're pushing for there. Yeah, no, I think it fits in perfectly, you know, and I think that they're <clears throat> um, they're trying to force feed the integrator to recognize that we all we all need to have firmware upgrades on our phone on a consistent basis. You know, everything electronic needs to be uh, updated. And in fact, I think it was uh, the April issue um, had a very interesting cover story of uh, Total Home Technology in New Jersey. And uh, he had a great line. He goes, my job begins when the installation finishes mm. because anybody can do the install. In his opinion, anybody can do the install, but not everybody can service the customer beyond that. And, you know, if you look at just um, the security industry as a benchmark, the typical um, security monitoring contract is like three years or five years or whatever, but the t- customers do not change their service for on an average 11 years. Mm. So now in, in the custom electronics industry, it's got to be way higher than that because you're putting in ma- many more electronics. These are customers for life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it makes sense for the customer and it makes sense for the integrator to have an ongoing service-based relationship. And um, I think, you know, Savant's probably, they're on the bleeding edge of, of this, you know, in terms of trying to get integrators to, to do this. And, you know, years ago, Control 4 tried it with their uh, Foresight program and it, it, it didn't work. Um, to have integrators charge. But now I think the mindset has changed. We're seeing consistently, and I'll be really excited to see the details data, um, the percentage of revenue that are that is coming from uh, recurring revenue versus what it was in the past. And while we're on that topic, I'm curious now with your role, 
will you be servicing or will you f- be feeding that information on a media level as well, not just to the industry stakeholders, but also as press releases to your former colleagues and, and me? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. That's the plan, you know, to be able to expose the industry, bring this, you know, valuable information. Obviously, it'll be, you know, tiered and there'll be a ton behind the curtain, yeah. you know, that, that, um, but yeah, that's the plan to, to be able to elevate the entire industry with great information. Yeah. So I'm sure there's like a revenue need there as well, because you're paying for the roles that are handling all this, including your role. Um, so if, if a company wanted to get a lot deeper into that research, similar to like how Parks and uh, Parks Associates has certain information they release publicly, but then if you want to get the full report, you might pay for it. Um, is that sort of what you mean there um, in terms of the plan? Partially. Um, it'll be much more detailed than that in that it will be the idea is that a manufacturer, let's just say, will actually subscribe. Okay. You know, it'll be a recurring revenue um, resource for D-Tools potentially, mm-hmm. you know, for a manufacturer to say, look, I want to see this. I want to see the 100 watt per channel amplifiers that are being specced on a weekly right. basis. Yes. You know, or I want to see it on a quarterly basis or... I want to see 14 categories of equipment on a weekly basis or on a, on a quarterly basis or on a daily basis or whatever the number might be. So yeah, there'll be, it'll be much deeper than just, you know, these one-off reports. Got it. Okay, cool. Well, as we kind of wrap up our conversation, I was curious what, um, two things, like what you think, what you're hoping your new role will allow you to do more of, um, are you going to be able to, breathe a little bit more because you're not on these deadlines like like you've been. I know there's going to be different kinds of deadlines. Are you going to get to play a little more golf? I know you've you've been a golfer in the past and you play at industry events, but not probably as much as you could uh, in a different role. Um, and what will you maybe miss about being uh, an editor? Well, the one thing I'll say is I'm a workaholic. So, and I, I said it earlier, we make our own stress. Yeah. You know, and so I make my I have always made my own work ethic uh, in terms of how hard I work. Um, So I don't know if you can flip that switch off. (laughs) Probably not. Um, We'll see or at least turn it down a little. Maybe I'm at 11. I need to go down to 10, you know, uh, the spinal tap reference here. Um, But uh, that'll be that'll be the I think the, the transition for me is to maybe kind of turn turn down the volume a little bit on terms of how hard I've been working, but, um, I'm so excited about the potential of this that, like I said, I could be trading in, you know, 70 hour work weeks for 80 hour work. weeks. I don't know where, where I'm ultimately going to end up, but to answer your question, I would love to play more golf. Although I played last weekend and I played terrible. So maybe that's a bad wish. I don't know. <laughs> well, do you think uh, you'll miss certain things about being an editor? Um, Yeah, you know, I'm still going to be writing, which is, you know, I think what I love to do. And and I'm, you know, prolific and I and I think I'm pretty good at it. So I'm I'm hoping to continue that. Um, uh, There'll be, you know, hopefully less travel. So, you know, I can be able to go to my daughter's hockey games and my daughter's lacrosse games and not feel guilty, you know, every time that cats in the cradle song comes on the radio i turn the turn it off because i feel 
too guilty about hearing that dang song. So um, maybe I'll be able to listen to that song and not feel so bad. Anymore. Right. There you go. Well, I, uh, I, I, I'm imagining that you'll probably at least be at some of the major trade shows just because that's a good um, kind of look at what things are in the industry to match up with your data. Is that, is that true for you? You'd be at a CDA expo and CES, that sort of thing. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, presenting some of the data so that people can, can see this and exposing it, you know, from that standpoint, and then talking to the integrators, talking to the distributors, talking to the manufacturers, you know, about, you know, what we can produce for them and, and give them guidance on their business. So yeah, no, I'll, I'll still be at the major shows for sure. But a lot different than having to basically run the entire smart stage for Emerald, which is a lot. Yes, I think I did nine sessions there last year. So my my time on the show floor CD Expo was the last day. Yeah. You know? So um, so um, yeah, no, I will definitely get. Um, more time there and um, uh, it'll be, you know, I, I don't want to say it's kind of awkward. You don't want to say I'm looking forward to working less, right now, yeah. you know, because that's not the case, you know? So, <laughs> but, um, uh, but it's definitely um, was getting to that, that breaking point where I needed to, uh, to change. So um, I, this was completely fortuitous. Like I said, how it came about was not, you know, anything that I sought out, it was just the light bulb went off as soon as I heard the idea and I went, Oh my gosh, this is a phenomenal idea. Yeah. And I can, I think I contribute, can contribute to it. Yeah. What, what you say in a public forum, I, I totally get it. I don't know if, if people truly understand how, how much you put on your shoulders and how, how much work you've, you've done. I mean, uh, I was taking a walk with my uh, wife the other day and I was, I was telling her about your, your move. And, and I said, the, the guy even took on office manager role before you went to a virtual office. And, and I, I'm like, that's, that's above and beyond. You're ordering toilet paper for your company. You're doing it all. And you're, ho and you're doing all these panels for everybody. And I, I can handle one and then I'm exhausted. So I, I, I can't imagine doing nine or whatever the number was you said. Um, and by the way, when we were at the uh, um, light of Palooza conference uh, earlier this year and uh you sat and watched my panel discussion, which I didn't organize. Tom Darty organized it. He just asked us, you know, to be the moderators. But you complimented the the panel, and it meant so much to me that you were there and you complimented the panel, even though you weren't necessarily directly complimenting me. You're complimenting the content of the panel, but I was trying to take it as a compliment of me. And then I tried to gild the lily by asking for more compliments about me. And you said, "Oh yeah, you're a regular David Frost." <laughs> that was one of the funniest damn things he could have said and totally knocked me down a notch and I loved it. So uh, oh. it, it was it was great uh, having you there and, and seeing how you did things and being able to be a part of it. But understanding like I could not do all. I mean, you did multiple panels at that thing, too, and it wasn't even your event. So uh, you, you just, you've, you've earned a little bit of a break, even if you're still going to be working really hard. And we we know Tools is listening and they're going to say, this guy's going to work hard. We know, we know what he's up to. He's a workaholic. He's going to still do it. So, um, well, well, just to give you a sense, I looked, um, again, I said my, my last day on CE pro is, is June the 9th and I have 51 pieces of content <laughs> that I plan to write between now and then. Oh, that's insane. Yeah. Yeah. So one of which is a, a feature on your panel. So, which was a oh, great panel. So, hey. yeah. 
that moderator is really good, right? Like that guy that was. He was. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, man. Um, thanks so much, Jason, for taking the time out today. It, it's a it's a, it, a really cool honor to be able to talk to one of my my competitors on a podcast, and not something we would normally do. But uh, now that you're you're moving on to a different role, it's a great opportunity to talk as friends and and do it publicly. Uh, I can't wait to run into you at events and feel like you're not completely running five different directions. And hopefully we can have a great chat at uh, CD Expo probably the next time. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on, Jeremy. Jason Knott will take on his new role as data solutions architect and evangelist for DTools in July. Until then, you can find him in the pages of CE Pro Magazine. Learn more about DTools at d-tools.com. And that wraps up today's show, which was produced by Residential Tech Today, IPW, and Pretty Easy Podcasts. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com if you're looking to get professional production help on your own podcast at an affordable rate. If you're new to Residential Tech Talks, please subscribe to the weekly podcast wherever you listen or watch podcasts. Also, check out all the latest residential tech news at the magazine's website, restechtoday.com, where you can also subscribe to the print or digital magazine and to our Tuesday and Friday email newsletters. Until next time, please stay safe, stay inspired, and let us know if you have a great story to tell.